Rang to bang, everybody! Welcome to Under the Bridge! <laughs> that's, that's your catchphrase? That is my new catchphrase, courtesy of Mega Man X. That is absolutely terrible, I'm sorry. <laughs> All going to hell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, it's terrible, and I hate it, and that's why I'm doing it. Every time I say it, I can just hear, like, that obnoxious canned sitcom laughter in the background, and it's great. Somebody stop me! Yeah, it's like that. Anyways, I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. I'm Nick, a.k.a. Agent Duckman. And I am Greg. <laughs> we really need to Gets add me every Greg. time. I don't know why <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it's very funny. Comedy comes in threes. Mm. It's been a week. Yes, it has. Oh, yeah, it has. The rest of CinemaCon happened, <laughs> and there's really no much point talking about it because most of the stuff to CinemaCon is exclusive to CinemaCon. But that's just the start of this week. As you can see, I've got a brand new catchphrase, and that's going to be a game changer. Oh, boy. People are going to look back at this podcast, and they're going to be like, yeah, things were great, but Up they didn't really the hit their stride until Cody got his stupid yeah, catchphrase. Yeah, I was about to say, I was about to say, this is the episode where everybody stopped watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what can you do? If for a first-time listener, thank you very much for sticking through this. Please stick through this. You will be entertained, hopefully. I swear it gets better. G- give us give us a attention, please. <laughs> so, yeah. News. The first bit. <laughs> CW is canceling more DC shows because they axed Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, wow. Batwoman should have been axed a long time ago. They basically lost their like lead actress three times. Yeah, Batwoman probably should have been axed when they... We lost Ruby Rose, not necessarily because Ruby Rose was irreplaceable, but because they made the baffling decision not to just recast the character and to just make up a completely new character to be Batwoman instead. <laughs> like, Kate Kane doesn't have it rough enough. Mm. And then Legends of Tomorrow, does anybody actually care that that's been cancelled? I think at this point, only because Booster Gold showed up at the end. Ah, oh. uh, that's sad. That is sad. Yeah, apparently he showed up right at the very end, and now it's been canceled, and we'll never know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'm not a, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that show. I watched season one, and I think part of season two, and then I stopped, which actually kind of describes my relationship with most of the CW shows. <laughs> the farthest I ever got was almost three seasons through Arrow, but that was with a lot of effort. I mean, you made it farther than I did because I think I think I lasted three episodes. Is how you long ruined you my city. Was it three episodes? It's, I thought it was like y- uh, you made it three episodes in, and then people started shooting at him, and he was taking them out point blank with a bow and arrow, and that was the point when you threw yeah. up your hands and said, "I'm done." Yeah, that was that was right because one of those things like, okay, I know that Hollywood BS is a thing here, but come on, this is this is full on like, I have an MP5K that shoots at 800 rounds a minute. I got a wooden arrow, but I cock dead. (laughs) (laughs) Twang, you have failed this city. Uh, Oh God, that was this phrase. That was you have failed this city. Yeah, that was his catchphrase, like Rangda Bangda. (laughs) Moving on. So anyway. My favorite part of this bit is how mad it gets everybody else around me. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm not sure if mad is the operative word, but annoyed. There. How <laughs> annoyed? I'm not really annoyed. I'm just done with this week. I mean, Sean and I have gotten into a thing where he's so irritated by it that every time I say it at him, he says "bazinga" back to me. Bazinga at work. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
I, I, this is the first I'm hearing about this. I know we had a whole thing of ganging up on him, but that's a, neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it looks like the last people standing at the DCCW corner are the Flash, Superman and Lois, and Stargirl, and we'll see how long those last. Superman and Lois? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So, wait, th- wait, those are, like, the only people that are, like, fully, fully left? Those are the only level. shows that are still going. Oh, sweet Jesus, okay. Yeah. Remember Lois Remember when and there Clark? were, like, ten of them? Yeah. Was it there, like, a musical Lois episode? I know Supergirl had a musical episode. Hmm. I think Flash did, too. I think they crossed over, and it was the Music Meister or something? I don't remember. Well, I feel like something would have to go really bad for Flash to die, considering how much has been put into it at this point. Star- I mean, it's also gone eight seasons, so they're running yeah. out of trees at this point. <laughs> and then Stargirl... I, the, the, the second season has come out at this point, right? Yeah, we're waiting on a third. I, we need to catch up on the second season. Yeah, because I haven't watched a single second of the second season. I did not do that on purpose, I swear. God, I love the end of season one so much. <laughs> yeah! Took him out with the truck. It's like... Can I can I be in the league now? <laughs> <laughs> can I join it's the like, Justice Society? <laughs> priorities. This boy has them. <laughs> yep. So, what is new else with the, the thing? Yeah, I guess moving on from the CW cutting itself loose of DC shows. Mm. John Watts has unfortunately parted ways with Fantastic Four, so he is no longer set to direct. Okay. However, Deadline has reported that Marvel and Sony are still hopeful to get him for the fourth Spider-Man movie, so we'll see what happens there. Do you think they're going to use the home, the, the, the blank, blank no. home convention? No, that's, no, I think they're done with that. I, would I hope, hope they're, they're done with that. Yeah, because it's, it's hard to beat No Way, no way Home. It's going to be Home Sweet Home. Ugh, sweet Home <laughs> Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama, like Tom no, Holland. No, no, we're not going down this rabbit hole. No. No well, you open the. Jokes. Well, you. Well, no, no, you no, no, guys, guys. Sweet Home Alabama is the perfect way that we can get the lizard in the movie, or something like like. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, you want. You've seen the, the Spider-Man Home Saga. Now get ready for the Spider-Man Clone Saga. I hate you. I do not want to think of this. Story A League of My Clone. I hate this. You and Clone <laughs> one else. Moving on. Spider-Man Clone, Clone? Clone Wars. Home of Clone, oh worst of both worlds. Attack oh of the Clones. <laughs> Alright, now I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, most unfortunate. We still didn't have a release date for Fantastic Four. I'm hoping this didn't push it back anymore because, God, I, I need them in this movie. I... Or in this universe. I just, I need them to show up. We, we need a good Doom. Yeah, but Doom can wait. You you could do the four without Doom. You don't want to do. You don't want to have Doom in another origin movie for the four. That's a terrible yeah. idea. Yo, they should end the first movie with Spider-Man trying to join the Fantastic Four. That could work. That could work. That's the other thing that makes me sad. I was hoping that John Watts directing the Fantastic Four meant it was a lock that we were gonna get Spidey in it, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's no longer a guarantee. I hope that we get some Johnny and um, Johnny and Peter like antics because that's Ooh. like I love Johnny and Peter antics. Even though they I work fucking so hate well. Johnny Storm, I really hate Johnny Storm. He's Throw Daredevil in there, character. trying to keep them supervised. Oh yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> got yourself okay. got yourself a movie. 
You're welcome. What else we got on the docket? Got another little bit of Marvel news. Uh, the Marvels has switched its release date with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So, Ant-Man and the Wasp will now be coming out on February 17th, 2023, and the Marvels will now be coming out July 28th, 2023, which makes it feel a teensy bit silly that they were in such a rush to get Miss Marvel out because they are losing any and all synergy that they had with mm. that movie coming out. <laughs> but oh well. I, mean, I am excited to get Ant-Man earlier. Ant-Man earlier is great because more Ant-Man is just more fun. Yes. More Ant-Man is good, and also it's Ant-Man with Kang. Ooh, oh, yeah, right. is this... And Bill Murray's in it in some role that we don't know yet. <laughs> Bill Murray Kang? Why? <laughs> uh-huh. Bill Murray as Kang. No, Jonathan Majors is Kang. But imagine the universe where we have Bill Murray as Murray Kang. Is Kang. I am imagining it, and it's basically just what about Bob? But he, but Bob can time travel. <laughs> oh boy! Sweet Jesus! Doctor Bruce Banner. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby oh, steps. Wait. Baby photos. And we're uh, gonna watch both of them anyway, so it doesn't really matter. What a terrible idea that I've willed into existence. <laughs> oh God! What about Kang? What about Kang? Moving on. We was <laughs> Kangs and shit. <laughs> Kang ain't got shit on me. That's a joke I've not heard in a long time. A long time. Yep. <laughs> this is an episode. I'm so this sorry, is... bo- like loyal viewers. <laughs> yeah, th- this is. It's been a week. Everybody's I, I, had a week. I'm sad. <laughs> uh, I'm also <laughs> sad. I just exist. That'd be less sad. Yes. This might be connected to why the Marvels is getting its date pushed back. Justin oh Lin is no longer directing Fast X. Oh. He left just a few days into the start of production, too. Probably because oh. he realized that the movie is going to be so freaking stupid. <laughs> I think it's Vin Diesel. It's probably Vin Diesel. What it's is Vin the... Diesel being an absolute fucking prima donna. Is there, a, is there an actual plot? Like, do we know what Fast X is even going to be nope. about? No, I personally don't give a shit at this point. <laughs> and I am the Fast and Furious fan. And the it's really just like... funny thing is that we now have a replacement director. Mm. And this just happened. This news just broke today, I think. And it's the Incredible Hulk's own Louis Leterrier. Mm. 2008 Incredible Hulk, for those yes. who are wondering at home. Is that good or bad? I don't know. Because <laughs> if I. Incredible Hulk, at least for the one and only time I watched it, I was walked away from it going like, yeah, that was a movie. Yeah. You know, it wasn't bad, but wasn't... Yeah, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I just think it's funny. Has he, what else has he done Radius between? It's going to be happening. Oh, wow. They might get him to direct that, too, kind of think of it. Mm. Fast and Furious 11. It's where Vin Diesel goes back to punch Jaws in the face. <laughs> <laughs> don't give them ideas. Please don't get you for Universal Three ideas. Larson's and Facts F. Yeah, that might be part of why they pushed the Marvels, or swapped the Marvels with Ant-Man and the Wasp, because, well, they also said Ant-Man was farther along in principal photography, presumably because Brie Larson might be tied up in this for a bit. Jason Momoa is, an, is the villain. Good God. I hate this even more. And I don't even dislike Jason Momoa. I just hate this movie the more I hear about Party it. Party B? <laughs> 
What? Well, Cardi B had a cameo in the previous movie. She did. She did. Yes. And I remember, I, I remember asking Greg, was she in a previous one? Did I, did I miss something? Nope. It's just like, <laughs> no, they just, they just stuck Cardi B in and it's like, yeah, I've known Dominic Toretto his entire life. I'm like, where the hell did you come from? <laughs> Ever since that one time I had him roofied in my closet. <laughs> uh, oh man sweet jesus moving on no let's let's not uh yeah let's move on yeah yeah we should we probably uh, should i have my non-existent producer standing here making the making the finger across the throat motion going uh. <laughs> what's next on the agenda there's not actually anybody there i'm kidding hmm. <laughs> a little bit of sad news Warner Brothers is making a Barbie movie directed by Greta Gerwig with Margot Robbie, but that's not the sad news. The sad news <laughs> is, it's been confirmed that Aqua's Barbie Girl song will not be in the movie. Travesty. Boycott. That seems like a that seems a strange decision. It, it better be in the marketing. I understand not putting it in the movie itself, but if that's not in the marketing, somebody has fucked up, and yeah. somebody should lose their job. <laughs> Is this the most heated you've ever gotten about anything related to Barbie? Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> I could safely say... A-R-B-I-E, Barbie girl. What? <laughs> See, now, what's sad is that I actually used to know that song pretty well as a kid, and I could not recite it to save my life right now. That's the Barbie song. Be huh. who you wanna be. B-A-R-B-I-E, Barbie girl. I just remember the whole I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie, Barbie world. world. Copyright like striking plastic. coming. <laughs> okay, so I've got better news, potentially. <laughs> White Horse Pictures is producing a Gene Wilder documentary. Oh, I'll watch it. I love Gene Wilder. Same. I'm interested. He's one of my favorite actors ever. Like, mm. what a legend. According to Variety, Library Films' Chris Smith, the filmmaker behind projects such as Bad Vegan and 100 Foot Wave, is directing the documentary. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. What's Bad Vegan? Something on Netflix. Is it about a bad vegan? <laughs> yes. My understanding is yes. Is it about a murderous vegan? I don't think it was murder. Mm. But I haven't seen it, so... Mm, fair. So yeah, Gene Wilder for... movie. Okay. excited. Okay. I have a piece of movie news. Yeah, hit me. John Woo is actually going to be remake his original movie, The Killer, for Peacock exclusively. Uh, and like uh, that, you've lost me. <laughs> what's interesting about it is Lupita Nyong'o is supposed to be the the lead in a gender swap remake. What? Yeah. Huh. So it's all right. A Lupita Nyong'o backed assassin movie directed uh, by the original director. Now I'm torn because on the one hand. Lupita. On the other hand, Peacock. I'm sorry, yeah. but John Woo is so freaking cool. I will uh, get Peacock just for that. <laughs> God. But Damn here's it. another downside. No Chow Young Fat. So hmm. That is very unfortunate. I love Chow Young Fat. He's like in every single freaking John Woo movie. Sorry, that was another one of my kung fu nerd stuff coming out. No, good. No, that's good. I like a good kung fu movie here and there. Everybody loves kung fu movies. Well done. I mean, Shang-Chi was great. Shang-Chi was a very good time and has a wonderful soundtrack. It does. Great content. Yeah, no, it's phenomenal. I'm going to love editing this later. This, this, has been, this has been a nightmare. We're clipping through this, but that's also because there's nothing to say. 
This week sucked in movies and it sucked in news. And just sucked in general. I just Anyways. Can't wait to see, I can't wait to see Cody just rant on for 20 minutes about a terrible Liam Neeson movie. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. This is going to be fun. Mm. In other news that probably only I care about at all, they're still trying to make a Wicked movie happen. And in fact, they've split it into two Wicked movies. Why? Wait, why are they making a Wicked movie? Uh, a movie? Because Oz is still probably profitable, I assume. Well... Like, Wicked, I don't understand the idea of adapting a Broadway musical to, like, those are two completely different, like, mediums. Like, it just doesn't work as well. Like, look I at don't know. If it God. works, they've made pretty good, mo- they've done pretty good jobs of putting movies into Broadway musicals. Case in point, Shrek, the musical of which is actually better than Shrek the movie, which was already pretty damn good. That's, um, that's some fighting words The Lion right King there. as well. I'm Which, sorry, are you going to try to tell me Shrek the Musical is not better than Shrek? Well, I haven't seen it, but it's still one of those things where it's like, that's Mother a very... Motherfuck! I'm adding it to movie And we're going to get you to watch Shrek the Musical. It's technically a, a movie. It's transcendent. It. It's on Netflix. We'll watch it. At least <laughs> okay. it was on Netflix last time I watched it. We're going to have a good time. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, that's I mean, high praise. It's culture. Well, well, adapting a movie into a musical is different than adapting a musical into a movie. Mm. That is true. So anyways, like, this Wicked oh, uh, movie. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. No. I was just saying, like, so it's it's really hard to, like, get... Look at all the big movie musicals that have been adapted to movies, for the most part. Rent is kind of shit. For the producers, it's not as good as the play. I mean, it's, it's it, it hits a lot of the same beats, but it's it's just something's off about it. Hmm. Like a lot of these, like big. Broadway I think the players, producers was a pretty damn good movie. It has a lot of issues with it. I can do go on with you about that later. But uh, we're gonna have to have a I, musical episode at one point, and by that I mean an episode where we talk about musicals and not a musical episode. As to say, I definitely, I well, granted, I probably won't be present for either because I don't I really mean, do a lot of musicals. I can play my piano as backing track while we talk about like <laughs> I hate this damn movie. Nice, nice. That sounds like maybe that'll be the hundredth episode, the musical episode, the musical <laughs> episode where we just oh I- improv. Oh wow, that'll be a nightmare. I'm committing to nothing. Absolute nightmare. I am also committing to nothing, but it sounds like a very good time. So, the Wicked movie. The first one's due to come out December 25th, 2024, so Merry Christmas to us all. And then December 25th, 2025, so it's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, jeez. With Ariana Grande as Glinda and Cynthia Erivo as Elphaba. <laughs> I hate it. That didn't take long at all. I'd say that was rapid and scathing. <laughs> and probably deserved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I'm not gonna I, lie, when I saw when I when I saw Ariana Grande as as Glinda, yeah, yeah, my heart dropped into my stomach a little bit too. <laughs> it's not as bad as when I saw that James Corden's gonna play. Uh, no, oh my god, that is a worst thought that I've ever thought in my life. James Corden <laughs> as Donkey Kong. Oh god. Seth Rogen, you mean? Yeah, I thought for a second I just pictured James Corden as Donkey Kong. Why? Oof. Hello, Diddy. Oh, Diddy! Oh, I'm sorry. I'm... Stop trying to will <laughs> this into existence. Don't give the studios ideas. They've delayed. Can we have like a Hardee's movie, but James Corden plays the hand? <laughs> <laughs> so we got some China bands. 
By which I mean Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness has been banned in China, officially now. Well, China doesn't take much to get banned in China, let's be honest. No, in this case, it's the fact that apparently when Gargantos is tearing up New York in that one street scene, one of the newspapers that goes fluttering by is the Epoch Times, which is a anti-Chinese Communist Party newspaper, and they don't like that. Wow, that's... Very specific. It's... I think it's more likely that China just doesn't want Marvel movies making their way over in general, and they're just looking for reasons to not have them show up. Case in point, we found out why No Way Home didn't get a China release, which I honestly forgot that it didn't, considering that movie made $1.8 billion, which, without China, that's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Turns out, China wanted the Statue of Liberty removed from the last, from the final fight scene. What? What? Yep. How did the, what, what, what did they, how, did they think they were just gonna have, like, an ice skating fight on the Hudson? Like, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, Mr. Freeze was there, so, um, <laughs> or, no, he wasn't. Mr. Freeze? What the Sorry. hell are you on about? There's a Batman villain. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. I'm Freeze my... was there. It's part of the multiverse. Which one of Spider-Man's villains has a freeze ray? Sorry, people. I'm getting my continuities mixed Wait, up. That's what happens one? when you. That's what happens when you open up the multiverse. Does he have an ice? Does the Spider-Man have an ice villain? Not really. No. Hold up. Yeah. Hold up. Hold up. Hold is there? A, is there? A, is there an ice villain in Marvel in general? I feel like there should be at least one, like a, a like a major one. I mean, Blizzard. Blizzard's hold an up. Iron Man villain. Mm. Okay, Blizzard. Blizzard is a minor okay. Spider-Man villain. The consequences. Iceberg. I no? hardly know her. That's not even a... <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you open the multiverse, people. Greg's confusion Equinox. with comic books is even worse. It didn't okay. take much either. No, it did not. I, I fully acknowledge that. Anyway. <laughs> Technically, if, you, if, if Hydro comes out during the winter... When... <laughs> no. No. And don't even think about throwing Winter Soldier in there. But Winter's in his about, name, and then, yes. No, don't you do it. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the box office now. It was a slow yes. weekend. The bad guys stayed on top at $16.1 Sonic 2 mm. took second place at 11.3. Fantastic Beast is trailing at 8.3. I'm going to skip over the next few spots down to eighth place, which is this week's movie, Memory, at $3.1 million on its opening weekend. Oh. Yeah. So glad I'm the only one who saw it. <laughs> I have to say, props to Sonic 2, because it seems like they've been consistently staying in the top three for the past, like, since it came out. Oh, yeah, no. They're doing great. And the fact that, they, the fact that they've it, immediately started taking things back from Fantastic Beasts is just... Oh, I love it. I love it's it just, so much. Just chef's kiss. Yeah, it's great. To, to answer the question... Uh, about ice villains, Spider-Man doesn't have really any notable ones, so get on, get on it, Marvel. Make a cool, like a cool, a cool, a cool villain? villain. Is that what you were gonna say? <laughs> I, no pun intended. Okay, let's be honest. No, right. Pun slightly intended. Anyway, <laughs> can we have a villain like that's an ice spider, like it's spider made of ice? That's not a thing. It would be interesting. No, I mean, I guess. Like, we, we can call him, like, Statue? I don't know. <laughs> they can call him Spicer Man, I'm sorry. Spice. 
I hate everything about Yo, this. Yo, guys, 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 guys. This one better be good. Be- I came up with the best villain idea ever. Yeah? Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm waiting. He's a drug runner, right? Oh, no. <laughs> is this just gonna be- is the punchline gonna be this is just Snowflame from DC Comics? Because I swear to God, if the punchline is it's a villain who already exists and it's Snowflame... <laughs> No, 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 guys, 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 bear with me for a second. So help me God. He smuggles drugs, right? Uh Uh-huh. He he runs out of the back of an ice cream truck. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so he sells, like, all these drugs out of an ice cream truck. Yeah. It's called Spice, and he has ice powers. I feel like I've heard about something like this in, like, a little, like, news story recap on NPR. I feel like there's a lot going on here, conceptually. I mean, he's a drug guy, he's an ice guy, he has an ice cream truck. No, he's not just... an ice guy! He's, he, he's, he's, he sells ice cream. But you but said he really... has ice powers. Yes, he's, yes, he has ice powers, okay? Yeah, that's, so that's, he's, that's, a, that's, like... No, 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 Cody, it's the front, okay? It's the front! <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot to set up here. It's Cody, a, it's, Co- it's a lot. Cody, Cody, he all those crates of Nestle bars he has in the corner <laughs> are are just laced with PCP. Okay. <laughs> okay, now now you're just threatening us with a good time. You know, if nothing else, <laughs> this podcast episode was worth it for this bit. Spice. <laughs> This is something else. Our ta- uh, can our can one of our talented listeners draw spice? <laughs> I think I'm calling this when Nick pitches a Marvel villain and other stuff. That's, that's cool. Yeah, no, no. Okay, so spice spice tackles uh, Johnny Storm fights spice first because Johnny's depressed and Johnny goes to get an ice cream cone and then that ice cream cone and. <laughs> And then, like, in the ice cream, he sees himself, and, like, he takes a bite, and then that bite makes him think that he, he hates the Fantastic Four when he does <laughs> Okay, so, he's a drug runner with ice powers who drugs the ice cream. Is that what this is? Yeah, that's why they call Spice! <laughs> okay, now we need someone to just animate this whole bit. <laughs> It ain't gonna be me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> just, just, I imagine just Johnny Storm looking down at his ice cream scenes. Life sucks. <laughs> Life no, sucks. No, no. Kill your friends. No, 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 no. He's just the. Pre- and it becomes like, like his vice is now spice. Okay. <laughs> Nick, I think you need to lie down after this episode is done. This <laughs> we're spiraling into a multiverse of madness. <laughs> hey. Okay, 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 let's move on. I'm so sorry. No, don't be. This is actually amazing. (laughs) This is this has turned my whole week around. (laughs) Does anybody have any thoughts about anything else that happened at CinemaCon this week? Because I don't. I I Uh, did not even know CinemaCon was a thing until you mentioned it. So I think to be honest, I've never heard of it either. So yeah, I was I went over part of it last week. It was going live while we were recording. Oh, was it? DC was having their presentation, or Warner Brothers was doing their presentation. I wonder how that's going for them. Ugh. Mm. Sounds like not great. 
So you got game news? <laughs> yes, I've got game. Well, I've got like game releases. Let's do that. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. But wait. I think first we do have a bit of game news, though. Oh, is it the, the Square Enix thing? Yeah. This this Square okay. Enix selling Eidos and Crystal. Which is sad. It's very very sad. It's, yeah. They're just selling them to like corporate. Like my brain is not on enough to talk. The about people who bought Eidos. THQ. Oh man. Oh really? Games. I think. That- that means we're gonna get subpar, like. Mm. It sucks well, as, and it's terrible. I say, Eidos is the one that runs the Tomb Raider games, right? I think that was. Crystal? I know that one. I don't remember. Okay, as I say, I know that one of these studios does the Tomb Raider games. Hmm. <laughs> Even still, like regardless, it's sad especially since if i remember correctly they did say it's like we're doing this basically we're doing this so we can put money into the whole like nft blockchain malarkey crystal was tomb raider ados montreal was deus ex okay oh deus ex oof yeah that's a big loss uh yeah. i'm glad that io interactive is not it's not as unscathed they made uh hitman mm. so yeah as i say i imagine if there were any franchises that i imagine would stay within square Enix, it would be final fantasy and hitman Two polar opposites. Yeah, no kidding. Wait until <laughs> wait until the Final Fantasy expansion for Hitman. Kingdom Hearts will I'm... keep going until Disney's Yo, sick of guys, making money. Guys, I got another. I got another like fever dream. Okay, oh, it's a God. Le- it, it's a level for Hitman, but it's at an anime convention, and he has to dress <laughs> up as different like Square Enix characters to get to the other side and wait assassinate a the, the head weeb. Wait a minute. Who published what? Lollipop Chainsaw? Oh no. Oh, who, who did do Lollipop Chainsaw, yeah. One second. <laughs> it was Warner Brothers Interactive, apparently. Aw, big sad. Yeah. No, I really could have stood to see <laughs> Agent 47 dressed up as Lollipop Chainsaw. <laughs> and the head on his belt isn't actually a, a prop, it's the head of one of his victims. Oh, God. Oh, no. James Gunn was one of the writers for that. It tells no it, kid- it shows. Yeah. Huh. That yeah, that does track actually. <laughs> Going okay. back to this week's releases, because I think we both we are all too like hopped up to talk about <laughs> shit. Yeah. Tell me more. We've got Sifu Vengeance Edition coming out on PS five and PS four. Sifu is a martial arts, you know, hit them up that, you know I think the dyna- the realistic like fighting and not the crazy like yeah. The system is what what really is what sells it. So don't trust the system. Dungeon Defenders Awakens coming out for PS4. I like Dungeon Defenders. I actually didn't know this was coming out. That's kind of cool. Mm. Something called Loot River is coming out for Xbox Series X and um, S1 and PC. This is a huge fucking stupid. This is the dumbest thing I'll say all all week in a sentence. Overcooked All You Can Eat is coming to Stadia. What? Stadia. We have a Why? Stadia release in 2022. My god. Good god. A game called Trek to Yami is coming out on everything. Uh, god I bless have... you, Google. You really did think of trying with that one, didn't you? Oh, it's a Devolver digital game. Oh, that's kind of cool. Never heard of it, but I like Devolver a lot. Finally, Among Us Ejected Edition is coming to every console. Hmm. What's Ejected Edition? It's the game, but on console. Oh. Wait, that's it. Ejected Edition lets you... Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, it's the base game and all of the DLC. Okay, I forgot it was on Switch, but nothing else console-wise. Yo, the Switch, the Switch Special Edition looks pretty cool, not gonna lie. Neat. Yo, it comes with a poster of the, um, of the Skeld. It comes with a couple of Among Us plushies. It comes Ooh. with the base game and the DLC, a steelbook, a really nice-looking box. I want it. Wow, this hmm. is actually a really cool Special Edition, not gonna lie. Give it to me. There's an there's there's an imposter bundle apparently. Surrender the special What's edition. The imposter bundle look like? I'm sorry, this is bad content. No, this is amazing. It's ninety dollars. Imagine paying ninety dollars for Among Us. That's pretty insane. Someone will do it. S speaking as someone who works at a video game store, dun, 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 someone dun, will dun, fucking dun, do dun, it. <laughs> Let's go. I'm tempted. I'm not gonna lie. And we will get it. Let's go from things that came out that that happened this week to things that happened years ago. And yeah, hit me with some of that sick, nasty gaming history. There's a lot of really <laughs> cool ones this week. Mm. Forty years ago, um, <laughs> this week, Lucas Game Lucasfilm Games was founded. Huh? They are All right. pretty big. They made a lot of classics like you know Man Maniac Mansion, Grim Fandango, Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle. My personal favorite game for the Sega Genesis, Zombies Ate My Neighbor, the Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, the list goes on and on and on. Castlevania is 35 years old, the original. I just like the idea of, uh, yeah, it's a little company called LucasArts. You may have heard of them. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, go ahead. No, it's all good. The Earthworld Championship for Swords Quest was won the first twenty five thousand grand prize for the Swords Quest challenge on Atari twenty six hundred. That was didn't they end up not finishing that? Yeah, the last part is like never been won, I believe. I know that the gauntlet and the sword, and this is the sword. The sword is like twenty five thousand dollars, like worth worth of gold and like jewels and stuff. It's really cool. The goblet is made of gold and stuff too. The amulet, I think, was never won. It's kind of cool. Okay, yeah. What happened was, due to Atari's financial problems related to the video game crash of 1983, the last contest along with the grand finale contest were never held, and the final game in the series, Airworld, was not released. Wow, yeah. Uh, a second. Unfortunate. It's a really cool idea. Like, for the 70s, it's actually really ahead of its time. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, you know, having a, like, this, like, weird, like... Hey, submit that you were the first person to do this and you'll win this prize. It's kind of a cool idea. It was the first actual Easter egg ever. It's really cool. Hmm. Excitebyte uh, 64 came out on the Nintendo 64 22 years ago. Uh, I am Excitebyte! <laughs> the N64 is 20 years old. The N64 is old enough Over to train. Over 20 years old. Well, Older than that, yeah. I know, but it's still scary. It doesn't feel like it's that old. <laughs> I'd like to point out the PS2 is like 20 years old, yeah, Greg. Yeah, the PS2 came out in like 2001. Jesus. A Space Odyssey. Actually 2000. But uh, Red Dead Revolver <laughs> space is actually 18 years old this year. Uh, this week. Which, wow. You know, Red Dead Revolver, the first and very, like, lesser known title in the uh, entry of the Red Dead series. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that's when you play as... I, I don't know if you play as Marston or if you play as somebody unrelated to him, but... It's before they spun off into Blue Dude Bamboozle and Yellow Feller Endeavor. <laughs> that's, what? That's a, that's a pretty funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> he says while not laughing. Four years ago, <laughs> uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze came out for the Switch with the new funky mode. Oh yeah, funky mode. Yeah, where we get hmm. Funky Kong, the best Kong of all. Um, 
here's a huge one. Here's two huge ones, actually. Mystery House for the Apple II came out 42 years ago in 1980, one of the big Sierra games of the time. All right. Very interesting, you know, very early, I believe it's a point-and-click adventure game. Another huge bombshell, 30 years ago, for the PC, Wolfenstein 3D came out, the first first-person Yo. shooter. Yo! Or the first, you know, actual first-person shooter. <laughs> Alright. There's been others that, you know, you can consider it, but, like, I would honestly think that, I think almost everybody is considers uh, Wolfenstein the first true first-person shooter. Makes sense. I mean, the technology was so far ahead of its time, it's just insane. Hmm. What an excellent game. One of my favorites of all time, quite honestly. Nice. We're almost done. We got a couple other releases. Mario Party 3 came out for the Nintendo 64 on t- 2001, very late in the Nintendo 64 cycle, it sounds like. Huh. 21 years ago. 19 years ago, we got Castlevania Aria of Sorrow for the Game Boy Advance. Good game. Really, really good game, actually. Greg, you'll appreciate this one after ha- actually having experience with this console. Mm. 39 years ago, the Vectrex came out. <laughs> hey, the Vectrex, Vectrex. Is, is no, the Vectrex is legitimately one of the coolest consoles it's ever. Really freaking cool. It is so sick as hell. But it's so it is cool. so expensive, and but I it is really sick. want it. <laughs> it. It is sick as hell. Um, yeah, like, think of like a it's, mini arcade machine. It's like yeah, and it's uh, it's really hard to talk about it and just describe it. It's, like, it well, it uses vector graphics, but yeah, very early vector graphics. It's a, it's yeah. kind of a mix of the way I would describe the Vectrix. It's the mix of the it's like the Magnamos Odyssey, but for like a smaller screen with better oh, yeah. graphics because you put overlays over it. the whole the whole system uses overlays in order to uh, you know basically make the graphics actually look like graphics <laughs> yeah it's really cool um if anyone who's listening is curious about it go um look up on youtube classic game room the channel's called cgr publishing now but they used to do a lot of like retro it was one guy he used to do a lot of like retro like arcade reviews and game reviews like up until like 2014 2015 or so he has several videos about the vectrex and the various games that come that were made for it it's a really sick little system. And by little, but I finish mean... finish listening to this first. What? But finish listening to this but first. But finish listening to this first. Was was there anything else after that, Nick? <laughs> there is one other thing that is just interesting to talk about. Mm. The Nimrod computer came out in 1951 this week. The Nimrod... I've heard of the fighter plane. The Nimrod computer? So the Nimrod computer is the first computer made exclusively to play a video game. It came huh. out in 19, 1951. It was exclusively designed to play a game. Basically, it, it was it was a tech demo. It was like the first tech demo. It was meant to play what's called NIM, which is a math strategy game. Huh. But it's like a really, really early tech demo of what gaming would be. This is like right after Tennis for Two. So like... <laughs> Um, right around the same time the Nimrod came out, and it uses, it's basically just, it it doesn't even look like a video game to, like, modern, you know, like, it's a big-ass, like, wall that has a ton of lights on it. It's kind of (laughs) interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's one of the very first video games. It's, uh, by the way, it's a 12 by 9, 12 by 9 by 5 foot computer. It's fucking giant. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's like 
very, very early, 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 early gaming, and, like, kind of a historical milestone. 71 years ago this week. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very impressive. Very, very interesting week this week. I think that there's some really good highlights out of this. Castlevania being probably one of the biggest. Um, and the Vectrex. And the Vectrex. To me, at least, even though nobody likes it. It's cool. I wouldn't want to fucking own one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. I would okay. want to play with it, but I wouldn't want to own it. So, so I think in this instance, since I'm the only one who saw the movie, maybe we should, we should go over the movie first because I feel like it leads into your discussion topic idea a little bit better than going discussion topic then movie. I hmm. so I saw Memory this week. How was it? In which Liam Neeson plays a hitman with Alzheimer's. That sounds horrible. Yeah, the first problem is when you realize that Liam Neeson is old enough to play a hitman with Alzheimer's. <laughs> and from there, the whole thing just kind of keeps spiraling into, why are they making this? Apparently, it's an, actually a remake of a 2003 Belgian movie. Yes, which... it's a very, very, it's it's a remake. I, re- I remember reading that, and it's based off of a book, too, so it's technically like... Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, ironically, yeah, no. not the only Liam Neeson movie I've seen that's a direct remake of another movie from Europe. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Cold Pursuit. <laughs> that is too. Oh yeah, my that God. is. That one's a really cool one though, because it's the same director and it's shot for shot a remake, except for it's set in Alaska instead instead of Sweden. All right, we'll watch it. We'll watch that movie later at some point. It's on my yeah. list. So for those of you watching on YouTube. I'm gonna I'm gonna present you with the gift of another glimpse into my frantic movie watching mind. Behold, the wall of inane scribbling. <laughs> like a sound effect that's like yay, or like the kids saying yay, or like the stock, like the the stock sound effect of kids going yay. That's what I want. Like the five, like the Five Nights at Freddy's hooray when you make it to six a.m. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. Anyways, behold. Look at this. It's a travesty. I've been scribbling all over the page. Ugh, this movie This movie made me so angry, and then by the end I was just losing my mind. Hence why it ends with, I am Frank Castle, and so can you. <laughs> so you could say you were also losing your mind like the main character was losing his. Do you know Do you know the worst thing about this movie, Nick? The worst thing about this movie is it reminded me of the protege. Oh no! Not because of any <laughs> real plot similarities... But because, much like Michael Keaton and Maggie Q, Liam Neeson has sex with somebody who is much younger than him. Mm. That was a long 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. God, I can't believe. Why do I keep getting reminded of the protege? Nothing. Why is Hollywood like this? Nothing, nothing tops the computer cafe. The, the internet the, cafe. The famous internet cafe. <laughs> the famous internet cafe on the 15th. I'm like the 50th floor of an office building that just has one coffee machine. But no, this movie is all over the place. There's too many characters, and they've each got their own... They're trying to cram in a subplot and just a character motivation for each of them. There's too many. There's too many people. There's Liam Neeson. There's the guy who initially gives him the job. There's his handler on the job. There's a woman who's behind the handler. There's the target. There's a couple of FBI agents and a third guy who works for, I think it's the Mexican equivalent of the FBI, and I don't know what that is because I wasn't paying attention to the movie. There's the lady who... There's a Mexican FBI? I don't know. Something similar. They were working with the FBI on something. There's the lady who is 
in charge of the handler who is handling the guy's contract son. There, there is the guy handling the contract's wife. There's just, there's too much going on in this movie. It's, it's too damn much. The movie's too short. I don't give a shit about any of it. And just, uh. <laughs> there's a whole shtick where he, he loses his Alzheimer medication re- relatively early in, but he's still managing to stay three steps ahead of everybody for most of it. It just, there's some absolutely disgusting displays of fridging in this film. It, it, spoilers, I guess. Nobody gives a shit about this movie, and nobody should give a shit about this movie. The the whole, the, the thing that kicks it off is that the FBI agents were protecting this one girl whose dad was making her prostitute herself for money because they think she could be a witness to something, and then the bad guys have her killed, so, ostensibly to protect their interests, but mostly just because it causes the FBI pain, the FBI man pain, and it causes Liam Neeson's hitman pain because he refused the contract when he realized the target was a girl because he's like, I'm not gonna kill a kid, you fucking assholes. And they're like, fine, we'll kill a kid. And then they kill a kid. It's like, what'd you need him for? <laughs> what the hell would you need this guy for? <laughs> he writes down, he's trying to do an investigation into who ultimately hired him, and he's writing down clues on his arm so he won't forget. And it's like, why don't you just write it on your arm to check your computer? Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it becomes a plot point later on when he can't figure out where to put a flash drive with damning evidence. And it's like, you couldn't have written down, here's where the location of where I actually wrote down the hiding places or something. Was it, Come on. Was it, like, insufferably bad, or is it, like... It's it's pretty gross, if I'm honest. Hmm. Just in the sense of like, that, that entirely too young for him woman who he sleeps with, she ends up dying not long after for no other reason than to make him sad because she's even trying to bring him his medication that he forgot while he's getting in a shootout in the garage. Uh-oh. Ah, the Spectre just, method. The movie is the movie is just lame and kind of gross, and I've seen it all before. And Liam Neeson is too old for this. It's it, it genuinely is one of those things where it's like all I could think of was I do not have high hopes for Indiana Jones because we're gonna have to watch Harrison Ford try to sell that he can still be Indiana Jones, and that's not a knock at Harrison Ford. It's just people get older. Indiana Jones and the Crystal Hip. <laughs> oh man! I this was, movie's gonna suck. I was not prepared. I was not prepared for that. Well done, Nick. You know the even weirder thing? I'm pretty sure the movie was rated R because mm. when I when I went to go get my ticket, right, it it had one of those. I'm pretty sure I saw one of those. Uh, you know, valid ID required to attend this movie or whatever. And there's a bit where the the Mexican investigator is talking to the wife of the handler of the contract. Yeah, it's rated R. And <laughs> she pulls down her, the, the, the top of her swimsuit. Oh, boy. And the camera just stays shoulder up. And I'm not saying I'm watching this wanting to see, you know, any nudity. <laughs> but if it's a rated R movie... And it was a, it was really tame for an R-rated movie, I thought. I mean, I guess there's some throat slitting, which was kind of uncomfortable, but most of it's <laughs> most of it doesn't seem that bad. Mm. So it's like if you're gonna make it R-rated, you might as well. It's there. The rating is there. <laughs> it was it was a weirdly distracting thing where I'm like, okay, are they gonna? No, then why'd they even bother? 
It's like the movie's rated this way. We can see some license and registration. Because it's because <laughs> it's a scene that lasts like thirty seconds. Oh, you could have just as easily have had her keep her swimsuit on, mm. and nobody would have said anything about it, really. But then you don't get to see her big her her tick bitties. You don't see them anyway. They're they are like alluded to. It sounds like. Yeah. No. I think my favorite part of this movie, though, not that I I, I say favorite very, very loosely, is, uh, you may have noticed that there's a quote, or there's a line on my notes, my inane wall of scribbling, that says, ratted out by actual pigeon school. <laughs> Wait, what? So, what happens is, the, the Mexican investigator is scoping out Liam Neeson's hideout, doesn't find him, but there's a bunch of pigeons flying around the place, and... He remarks on that when he goes back to the FBI of, oh yeah, there's nothing there except pigeons. And then it turns out, because Liam Neeson had to leave his vehicle behind earlier in the movie, they just go, wait a minute, we tested the substance on, we, we tested the floor of the vehicle that we found at the crime scene, and there were traces of pigeon shit. <laughs> and then they start what? raiding the whole hideout. And I'm like, oh my god, why is this a plot point? <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. Instead of a stool pigeon, it's pigeon stool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hated this movie so much. The subtitles are so bad for how much of this movie deals with Mexico and the cartels, and Liam Neeson was living in Mexico City, I guess, before he went on this thing to El Paso, which is where most of the movie is set. There's a whole bit. The the Spanish is terrible. I... I forget. Anybody else here speak any Spanish at all? Nope. Sorta. So, perdón. Perdón. That means, you know, pardon, Pardon, right? yeah. It does not mean please. Por favor is please, right? Pardon can also be used for, like, please, like, pardon me. Okay, then I'm just an like, asshole pardon. on that one. Yeah, pardon. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, I, I, I've heard it before. Would it be used in a context of begging somebody not to kill you? Yeah, like you're asking for a pardon. Okay. Mm. Alright. Then I guess I'm just dumb. Thanks. Except for the part right at the start of the movie when someone says, Buenos dias, and the subtitles say good afternoon. <laughs> that's pretty great. That's pretty great. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's basic, that's some of the most basic elementary school Spanish, that good afternoon would be, you know, buenos tardes. But Buenos Diaz is good day the white, or good morning the white or people know what that means. Mm. Ugh. Buenos so, Diaz, yeah. sir. Enough of me making an ass out of myself about my misunderstanding of the Spanish language. So this movie was just dumb. Don't, don't bother. Don't see it. There's a reason it's in eighth place on its opening weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, so because of Liam Neeson, I kind of wanted to segue the topic. Uh, the action, the death of the action movie star. It's kind of like Liam Neeson's kind of like the last one we have. Uh, I wouldn't say death. I would say it's undergoing a very, it's undergoing a reinvention. Yeah, because I would say the only ones that the only thing person besides Liam Neeson who I'd put in that category. Because I imagine you're talking about like explosive in your face, like kind of nutso action star, right? Like. We don't have any more John McClane's. We don't have any more Jason Statham. We don't have any more, like, you know, uh, 
it's hard to explain. Like the classic eighties, like over the top macho action stars go no Okay. Around. Where any grim reflection on the morality of their actions is very easily glossed over in favor of glorifying the violence they cause. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I was getting ready to say Keanu Reeves, and then it's like, oh, no, actually, that does not fit that mold. Because if anything, the John Wick movies kind of go out of their way to say, like, yeah, this is, like, nothing about this is okay, but... And John's kind of an asshole. Yeah, and John Wick a is... A polite asshole. John Wick is objectively a terrible human being, but he has to do this so he doesn't get himself killed. So, because I was going to say John Wick, and it's like, no, the movies do make do a... Go out of the way to say, it's like, there's nothing good... Or, like, awesome about what's going on. It looks cool, but there's nothing actually good about it. But, like, the traditional action star isn't a thing that really, like, has merit anymore. No. I mean, like, all of the action stars, like, I mean, nowadays, like... This is gonna be a weird one, but, like... Look at, like... Let's say Tom Cruise. I would say that he was one of the, like, the, the like... In going into like the two thousands, he was really big as an action star. Now his audience is seventy year olds and fifty five year olds that with their with their grandchildren, or fighter jet nerds, or fighter jet nerds, or all of the <laughs> above. Um, but like he doesn't have a pull anymore. Liam Neeson really doesn't have a pull either. Quite honestly, like mm. who's like I mean, other than the fact that he's grumpy old man who has a, sp- a specific particular set of skills, like. Like, what is the difference between all of his roles? He sucks at making sure his kids don't get kidnapped. He was going to train the boy, and then he died. <laughs> and then he died. Hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Cody, on that. I'm not sure if I would say dying. I would say that there's definitely been a transformation in how it's perceived, especially since I feel like what... The personification of that hero can be... That type of hero can be found, I think, in the song cool guys don't look at explosions. Cool guys uh, don't look at explosions! <laughs> and that doesn't really fit anymore. I think that's just because that doesn't really work on a societal level anymore. I feel like anything like... This might sound weird, but anything that's like to that level of bombastic and completely insane, I think we only get in superhero movies now. Because anything besides... Superhero movies and Michael Bay have taken over that market. Yeah, and it's and it's gotten to the point where if it's in anything outside of that, I feel like that would be a very very easy like suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I don't. I I think because the thing is, these kind of action movies still happen. Like we got Guy Ritchie and Jason Statham's Wrath of Man. Mm-hmm. They did that Death Wish remake with Bruce Willis. These all exist still. It's just they're not as big of a draw as they used to be, I think specifically because people are kind of sick of, hey, here's this, here's a guy who's basically an asshole, and yeah, maybe he's got a justified reason to start doing what he does, but that still doesn't make him great, and you're watching him go on a rampage, and it's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I don't know, because I definitely think John Wick is kind of a, John Wick is kind of the gold standard of what non-superhero action movies are trying to be, I think. Remember right. Hardcore Henry? Which is definitely... Oh, yeah, Hardcore Henry. That was pretty good. Yeah. I never saw it. It's weird as hell. Very disorienting at It's times. a very... <laughs> it's one of the most creative and one of the strangest movies I've ever seen. Because it straight up is, hey, what if we made Call of Duty a movie? 
and kept <laughs> the first person perspective and the silent protagonist and everything. It's honestly very fun to watch. It it gets kind of uncomfortable in a couple places, but I would yeah. say I would say if you've never seen it, you should watch it. It is I would say it's truly a one of a kind movie. Hmm. Definitely. Or at least it's the one movie that pulled off its idea like actually well. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, like I said, there was another example that popped up in my head just now, and that's I've lost it. Part of me kind of wants to say that alongside like Superhero and Michael Bay, the Fast and Furious movies, I've also cut, tried to kind of take that over. It's all about Those... family, though. It's all yeah. about family, <laughs> but... though. Dominic See... Toretto. And, well, I was going to say, because the problem with that saying that, though, is that because even as someone... the asshole is Vin Diesel and not Vin Diesel's character. <laughs> well, my whole thing was, and I say this as someone who likes the movies, outside of arguably the first movie, none of the movies were particularly good, but they were at least, you could say charming, but that, those have gotten to a point where it's like, no. Like, the last one was kind of like, basically just kind of a middle finger to people who ask reasonable questions about how is it that they can get away with this, stuff like that. Oh, well, what also came to mind as well, although I'm kind of glad this isn't more common, because it's nice to have it every now and again, are the movies like, um, I think it was just called Spy, where it was Jason Statham, and I forget the actress's name, and Jason Statham is an actual spy who's trying to make sure this woman doesn't get herself killed, but basically spends the entire movie making fun of himself and over-the-top action movies. Huh. I do not remember that one. Yeah, I don't remember if it's actually called Spy. I can't remember what, what its actual name was. I remember there nope, was a... it's Spy with Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. There oh, was a God. really great... That would explain why I haven't... Why I... <laughs> yeah, I haven't explain se- it. I haven't seen the movie. I've only seen a few clips of it, but it's very fun to like just watch him basically make fun of himself. I feel like it's things like that are also kind of nice, but then that kind of gets too far into the... It's stupid, and it knows it. I mean, speaking of Vin Diesel, nothing as far as action comedy spy movies go is going to top the pacifier. No. Let's let's be real. Yeah, not at all. Nothing is going to top the pacifier, right? Right? Okay. That movie is a a gift to mankind. (laughs) And it's it's not good. Don't get me wrong. It's cringe. Mm. But it's, 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 ah, mwah. Yeah, it's worth, it's It's just delightful. It is a special movie. Well, yeah, I think we're just seeing a general shift in how these kind of movies are handled rather than watching them actually die out. I'll I'll say that more like it's more of it's less about a character study of this crazy macho man and more about the like the environment and the story. It's become less about like a character study. Like we don't have many like recognizable characters from these genres. Just, um, you know. It's just the stories are getting more complex or getting more creative. And I think the action's gotten more fluid and over the top itself to where you can't quite get away with, oh, yeah, this guy's a great shot and or we've crammed in a bunch of explosions. Like, you have to have some elaborate hand-to-hand fight scenes. You have to have some very bizarre improvisational weapon usage. You have to have... A car chase doesn't quite cut it anymore. Mm -hmm. Now it has to be a complicated car chase. (laughs) The first Kingsman movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good example. Mm-hmm. Kingsman's really good. I like the first. Oh, yeah. The first Kingsman is really good, and I'm very disappointed <laughs> with where it has gone since. Yes. I like Matthew but Vaughn, though. He, yeah, he has his he has his moments. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, the, the thing is, this is exactly the kind of movie that you're talking about that's kind of fading, and I think the thing about it is, I had to drag myself to go see it. Because mm. <laughs> it's very much, uh... This sounds like nothing I haven't seen before, and it's probably going to be full of a bunch of elements, and I'm going to go, oh, that's kind of that's kind of ass-backwards that they're still doing that, huh? And then it was exactly that. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, no wonder, no wonder this is eighth place. <laughs> I'm going to keep harping on that. That's just that's... $3 million this weekend. Yeah, that's not great. Everything Everywhere All at Once beat it. That I need was to watch like that place. still. I still need to go see it. That's... It was quite good. Yeah. <laughs> I did see it. How was Jamie Lee Go Curtis see that, in that instead. Movie? <laughs> How was who? Jamie Lee Curtis in that movie. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I... Like, nobody in that movie is bad. So, Michelle Yeoh was a standout, though. Of course, because she's always a standout. She's excellent. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, any other final thoughts before we close off the podcast, I guess? Moon Knight. I really, really don't want to talk about Moon Knight. Oh. We don't talk about Moon Knight. Oh my. <laughs> Terrible. Greg, you want to dip? I think I will. Uh, okay. Goodbye, everybody. Yep, nice work there. Mm-hmm. Bye. I should not have snapped in front of the mic. We'll talk about Moon Knight. Okay. So, before we talk about the last two episodes... I actually got a bit of news that apparently, originally, Echo was going to be in the show. Really? Yeah, they were actually planning on having her be the love interest instead of Layla. But Interesting. Then, yeah, I guess this was before it was decided she was going to pop up in Hawkeye. And then Marvel Studios was like, actually, we've got somewhere she could slot in a little bit better. So they just decided, yeah, let's put her in Hawkeye instead. Bushman was also supposed to make a physical appearance. And he was actually going to be the main villain, empowered by a god. But they decided to uh, cut that and go with Harrow instead. Hmm. So that's interesting. Better choice, I hope we honestly. Get... I I think that the best thing about this show is Harrow. I absolutely love how um, Ethan Hawke's doing performing the character. Yeah, especially in this latest episode. Oh my god! This latest episode is one of the best things of TV I've ever seen. It's actually insane. It really is, although now I'm kind of worried that they're not going to be able to wrap everything up satisfactorily. Anyway, let's go to episode four first, because... Yeah! That's, you know, it's got some good grave robbing. It's got some, it's got some, uh, I, I guess spoilers, but this episode is now two weeks old almost, so, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, we got mummy fighting, we got tragic, traumatic secrets, like, Mark killed your dad, except no he didn't. <laughs> We got the Tomb of Alexander the Great. That's a big That pull. was really cool. Yeah. I will admit, though, and part of it's my own fault for watching this show at 3 in the morning, but when I saw the big glorious sarcophagus, I was like, Ramatut, 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 Ramatut. Was... It's like Alexander the Great. Oh, well, that's cool, too, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for I like, Ramatut. I like Mark and... Steven getting in a, basically getting in a stop hitting yourself over Layla. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, that was really fucking funny. And then it transfers into that weird asylum at the end. And, ah, uh, just the not knowing what was... Obviously, I didn't think they were really, like, gonna pull a you've been insane this whole time, but it was still interesting to watch Mark have to wrestle with it. And then to have... 
God, I, I hope Jake Lockley at least gets name-dropped at some point in this show. Because now I feel like it's too late to have him be anything other than maybe a very end tease or something. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think, I don't know, I didn't really like this episode as much. I mean, the, the five completely overshadowed everything about this episode for me. Other than the, the funny end scene with, with the hippo lady going, hi! And hi! Then ends. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that, I clipped the mic. Hi! And then they just start screaming. That was really funny. Also, I like that they, basically everything from the show pops back up in some form. There's the Conchu bird drawings, Gus is there, Donna's one of the patients, that, Crawley's the guy announcing bingo. That is the best freaking set. Uh, uh, can we go to five? Yeah, might as well go to five. Five is one of the best pieces of TV I've ever seen. The spoiler, obviously, we've already said that, but the portrayal of abuse is one of the most very fuck like it's very hard to watch and it's very very i hate using this word but very brave of disney to allow that uh it's very harsh and very realistic and especially because you've got mark trying to protect steven from having to see it at all which just kind of increases that sense of dread around it of just yeah it's not it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's uncomfortable specifically because it's hard for them to watch and it happened to them. So that makes it, that just makes it worse. It, 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 the range of Oscar Isaac's acting and emotions in, the, in, in that episode is amazing. It's nothing short of amazing. Like he is one of the, like, he is a, he is a really good actor, like a really good I had to genuinely remind myself every time he, Mark and Steven were together that it literally could not be Oscar Isaac standing next to Oscar Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. It's so good, though. Like, everything that... Like, his range is so insane with those characters. I don't know. I'm really, 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 really in love with how he performs the characters. I think the most heart-wrenching bit of the whole thing was him standing outside his mom's funeral. That was awful. And then he starts walking away, and then he just drops to his knees and starts crying, and then all of a sudden Steven takes over, calls his mom's phone like nothing is wrong. Yeah, that was really bad. Also the birthday scene. Yeah, that was also really awful. And it really makes you feel for Mark, because it's like, yeah, his dad did nothing about this. I mean, he tried, I guess. But not real. It's hard to say. We only got snippets of it, but it still. It really gave me the impression of he did not try to fix this very much at all. And just the bit where Steven first shows up and he starts. Like, Mark was previously cowering a, a, away from the door, not wanting to open up, and then Steven just snaps in and says, Oh, this is a mess. I have to clean it up before Mum sees. It's like, that was oh, fun. No. Yeah. Yeah. I. Also, I like the whole Stephen Grant reveal, like how they got the name, how like they got the accent. Like that was really cool. Um, that it was. I liked how cheesy that movie looked. They made it oh, look. Like I would nice. watch that. I would. Watch I would just that watch too. that. Yeah. What was it called? Tomb Buster. Yeah, Tomb Buster. Good God, I I'd, I'd watch the hell out of that. Yeah, it seemed like it was right up my alley. It kind of seemed like it was like. Leading into Legends of the Hidden Temple. 
it did. I also, oh, I like the little touch of, because we saw an episode, I think it was episode four, that we saw Khonshu's statue being placed along with a bunch of other gods, that the implication is the Ennead has been sealing up all the other Egyptian gods who won't get with the program, and that's why Taloret is doing Anubis's job, and why she has to have the flashcards, because that's not her job, ordinarily. <laughs> She's just got it because... Anubis isn't there to do it. <laughs> I also really liked her a lot. Hippo also, we gotta drop a name drop of the ancestral plane. Yes, yes, I saw. I, 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 I audibly went ooh when I heard that. Black Panther reference. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the the fact that no, obviously, you know, uh, ancient Egyptian religion isn't really widely practiced anymore. I wonder if that's also part of why Tolerant was so out of practice with it, because Mark and or Steven are the first people to show up to that afterlife in who knows how long. <laughs> Good point. I don't know, man. I'm just excited for the finale, see what they're gonna do. Um... Yeah, if I have any real problems with this, it's that A, I don't know, Steven's accidental sacrifice felt a little hokey to me. I feel like it doesn't, I don't understand why that balanced the scales, and I also don't understand why, I don't know, it, just, it, it it felt a little weird, like it happened at the wrong point, if that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't feel like the proper point for it. Oh, excuse me. All good, all good. Well, yeah, there's that, point. and there's, now I am genuinely concerned that they're not going to be able to wrap this up in a satisfactory manner, because there's so much stuff that has to happen in the last episode now. Yeah. He has to get back, he has to free Khonshu, he has to stop Harrow, Ahmed is presumably already getting out because souls are descending before their time. Right. Somehow, either Steven has to come back or he's probably going to create a new altar, which, hey, maybe that's Jake? Who knows? <laughs> I guess it be And I guess the question is, can Steven come back, or is it going to be Mark is going to develop another altar and name it Stephen after Stephen. Maybe we'll get a Stephen Grant who's more in line with the Stephen Grant from the comics. Hmm. I'm not saying it's a necessity, but if if Stephen 1 is dead, maybe Stephen 2? Stephen 2. I'm gonna call you good Stephen. The good Stephen. I'm kidding. Stephen Grant, Stephen Grant was a... Uh, was good. Rest in peace, Steven. Well, I guess stay tuned for the next podcast so we can wrap up Moon Knight and move on to... What's the next one? Uh, the next one will be Miss Marvel. When's I guess Obi-Wan technically starts before, so I guess we could also cover Obi-Wan if I, we wanted to. I would like to cover, cover Obi-Wan as well. It's Alright, then I guess we'll cover Obi-Wan, and then eventually Miss Marvel. But, next week, it's madness time. It's A whole madness. multiverse worth. Yes, I can't wait. I'm so excited for it. We'll have a lot to talk about that episode. It's going to be a long one. Definitely. And I... Who knows? Maybe I'll... Yeah. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I'll figure out how to keep myself refreshed for the podcast once we get to it next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, rang-da-bang-da. Rang-da-bang-da-bobo. That's not it at all. But thanks. Okay, good night. Adios.